All right, hello, Practice Indie listeners. This is Shannon, and I'm here with Tess Belden, and I'm so pumped to welcome her to our team and to uh, have this conversation today. Tess is going to be leading our prenatal program, but also is a vinyasa teacher as well, so you'll likely see her in both zones. Um, So Tess, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I, like you said, I'm a vinyasa teacher, prenatal teacher, I'm a mom to two crazy boys, a wife, I, um, doula, I'm a labor doula, postpartum work sometimes here and there, um, and that's basically the gist. What got you interested in yoga? In yoga just by itself? Uh-huh. Well, um, I was at IU, Bloomington, and I was working the desk mm. for classes, as you do, <laughs> um, and I was interested in just the practice, but then the teacher and owner there, Laura Patterson now, um, encouraged me to do a teacher training, and so I did this 100-hour uh, teacher training through Core Power. Um, and that kind of just kind of set the sails for my teacher, rather my teaching in um, Bloomington, which I loved. Um, yeah. Cool. And what, um, what brought you to prenatal then? Oh. So I did some prenatal classes when I was pregnant, and I hated them. <laughs> But I wanted to like them. What did you hate about them? It was just stretching and breathing. Yeah. It was boring. I was bored by it. Um, it was it was a teacher superimposing things onto my pregnancy and my experience. Mm. And then just like moving me into shapes. And it was just, it was not, it wasn't dynamic. I was bored. Um, and so as I progressed through that, my first pregnancy, um, afterwards I was like, I think that there's more to this and I want to be a part of this. So I did my first prenatal yoga teacher training in 2015, um, when my littlest was like a year, year and a half or so. Um, and I just loved it and I fell in love with it. And then I started teaching it and I fell in love with the women and just how amazing it was to be a part of that experience. Um, not only to teach them, but also to be a resource and like to create this community of women who can then like maybe become a community unto themselves after they leave. So that's what yeah. that I love that from the lens of Shakti, that Shakti is dynamism and that one, your original experience was very, uh, it sounds like I wasn't there, but it sounds very static Yeah. and like one size fits all, which if you've ever been pregnant, it, there is literally no one size fits all. Um, and that it's that Shakti feminine energy of dynamism and community and coming into a collective, but maintaining the individual, which I find the whole reason I do yoga is to get right with myself, right? (laughs) To then be a person who lends people a cup of sugar, right? You know, which I think, um, I read this really good article yesterday about self-care and it's become so isolating. Like self-care is just about the individual and we're not expanding back to like 
really why we care for ourselves is to then be communal care. You know, that it's not, it doesn't stop there. Then I reach back out. So I love that that is interesting to you because that is so interesting to us here, obviously, in such a part of our culture. What would you say is different about how you teach a prenatal yoga class uh, from your first experience of prenatal? Um, well, I would say that there's a very specific structure to the class. Um, we start with some breathing. We go into some tapas, some, some heating um, from the inside out. Um, and then I do focus a lot on strength um, and stamina. Mm. And that's so important through not only the duration of your pregnancy, but strength and stamina through the duration of your labor and delivery is so important. And we touch on that a lot. And we don't just talk about you as a pregnant person. We talk about you as a, a person in labor and um, then a mother. Mm. Um, and so it's so multifaceted and yes we use yoga as the base but it's not just prenatal yoga we talk about all things um and then you know we work out any discomforts and we talk about specific discomforts that you have in pregnancy and then try to address them so um you know i structure classes basically pretty much the same every time but it's going to be different every time because of the women in the room and what they hope to release in their body and just their general energy and that they bring to the class I love that I'm gonna come but I mm-hmm. literally have no goals ever to be pregnant again so I just want to be in a collective of women is that okay yeah just come please <laughs> we love it great um so maybe touch on a few things that are some preconceived notions or probably wrong assumptions about prenatal yoga. One is, do you need experience to come to a prenatal yoga class? Definitely not. I love when I have women who are new to yoga come to prenatal yoga um, because it's so it's so ever-changing, your body, and you have to really become in tune with your body and it changes every week or every day. And so it's a great time to start yoga um, because you just become very self-aware. And I'm, my classes are all very like alignment focused. So I tell you exactly where your body needs to be at any point in time. And you just moving your body is yoga. Like it doesn't have to be what you think it needs to be. It doesn't need to like be this pretty back bend, which we don't do that often. Um, but um, yeah, you don't have to have any experience. Um, what about, what is your recommendation on heated yoga during pregnancy? Um, interesting question. Uh, I think all moms have to ask themselves, what purpose does it serve? Mm. And if it serves you in a way that makes you feel good and you can't get that from a non-heated class and you've cleared it with your care provider, then I don't see why it would be a bad thing, but I just think that it's an important question to ask, like, why do I need this? Mm -hmm. What am I getting from this that I couldn't get from a non-heated class? And if you're happy going to a non-heated class, great, and if you just feel like you need in your body a heated class, just be mindful and hydrate and do you. 
my OB, who I love and think the world of, she, I CrossFit, I, you know, run a yoga studio. And so I asked her, like, what are your concerns about my lifestyle? And, you know, what, what would you prefer I not do, whatever? And she just said, you know, we can't really study pregnant women. Because exactly, because yeah. you could kill the child or the mother or both. And so she's like, here are the obstet- like the American obstetrics, you know, guidelines. Yeah. And then I would say exactly what you just said. Like, and then you tell me how you feel. And it's really about you knowing yourself. And this is just setting the stage for you being a mother. Right. Like, because somebody is going to tell you, well, there's a study that your kids should not do this, this, and this, or eat this, this, and this. And if it works for your family then you have to take that, you have to make that choice. So yeah, I, I know I've read studies about heated yoga causing spina bifida and I brought that to her and she just said like, you know, what is the sample size? What is the study? And at the end of the day, you're gonna have to make that call yourself. <clears throat> um, to the same note, she said that about inversions and I would love to hear your opinion. Hers was, we don't invert when we're pregnant. I just saw from, um, Sacred Spines here in Indianapolis, a really beautiful article about why they can be useful. You know, I'm of the opinion that it always depends. So what would be your guidance? So I'd first say that just touching on your CrossFit and heated yoga from your experience, um, we know our own bodies best. And in prenatal yoga, I, I try to help women discover their bodies and learn about their bodies and really get to know them. But at the end of the day, we know our bodies best. So if you think a heated class is great for you, if you think a CrossFit is great for you, then do it. I mean, I don't think anyone would re- recommend starting those things right. for the first time ever. <laughs> right. But if you've already been doing it, like, you know your body and just do it. Um, Inversions, and I mean, I do inversions technically when inversion, right? Your your heart is above your head. We do them in yoga all the time. Mm-hmm. As a labor doula, I get my moms into inversions all the time. Mm. It can be really practical at the end of pregnancy to be in an inversion um, to get baby a little bit away from the cervix to get them in a nice position. Mm. It can take pressure off of the ligaments. It can release tension in the low back. I love inversions. That being said, I'm not putting my moms in the handstand. Right. I'm getting them on their forearms with their hips in the air. We're moving our body around in those positions. Um, you know, down dog is technically an inversion, an inversion, and we absolutely do that if the mom is comfortable in it. I always offer up modifications. Um, but I think inversions in their technical way are really great in pregnancy. Yeah. I did them in both. Uh, well, I've had two miscarriages, so I did them in all four pregnancies and, you know, the pelvic floor conversation is probably a whole nother podcast, but yes, you know, I definitely had dysfunction and have dysfunction. I pee my pants frequently, which, you know, yeah, is a, you know, pelvic floor situation, but I feel like in a, I've had conversations with people like, well, that's because you inverted. That's because mm-hmm. of Mulabunda. And it's like, well, I might have worn high heels. I might have just held all my tension in my crotch. I might right. <laughs> you know, like it's... Pushed uh, two babies out vaginally. Yes. I mean, and heard a very loud pop during yeah. one of them. <laughs> oh, no! Which I think was my SI joint is what we've come to. But anyway. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, I just think like, to your point, it's all relative to what you know about your body and 
And you just listening to that because that's motherhood. Right. It, over and over and over again, it's I'm confronted with like making a hard choice that there's a study about it. But when I really critically think, it's like, I don't know that I agree with that. Right. And sometimes From I do. personal experience. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what about, um, so you talked about the structure of the class and that you don't stretch, you don't just stretch and breathe, but if you were to um, give maybe three goals or one to three goals of something that a, a pregnant person could come away with from the class each time, like feeling they've accomplished, what might those be? Um, one is definitely to soften around effort. Mm. Um, and I think that can be transferred not only to the rest of your pregnancy, but also labor and delivery and 100% motherhood mm-hmm. because we, uh, I should rather say, uh, I tend to harden around effort. So that's what I tried to, to bring to my classes and to the mamas is to teach them to soften around effort. Um, another one is to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and sometimes that is built in the strength component of the class or the tapas part of the class where we're starting to work muscles that um, we don't normally work in really um, small movements. Um, and so being comfortable in the uncomfortable is very important as well. Um, and then breathing techniques. Um, you know, we can talk about breathing until the cows come home and how you should breathe, and but if they can learn to hone a calming breath, I mean, that's just so important for pregnancy, labor delivery, motherhood. Mm-hmm. So those three things I think they would walk away with. Amazing. Okay, so um, I would love for you to share a little bit about being a doula. Mm-hmm. Why, why would you choose a doula? What is a doula? Let's start there. <clears throat> okay, so let me digress for a second because, you know, I always try to be on the right side of history. And, and we're now coming to know that the word doula, although it is a Greek word meant for a woman servant, is also... Uh, translates to slave and so we're starting to build a different narrative around what we call ourselves so but it's like at the same time it's like wait we're just getting used to hearing the word doula and people yeah. saying like what does that mean so um, in the traditional sense of a labor doula I support families during their pregnancy and I support families during labor and delivery and thereafter baby comes. Um, And that support looks however it looks for how the mom is experiencing her pregnancy and her labor and delivery. Um, If she's choosing unmedicated, it's very hands-on. It's very physical. I'm having her hone into her breath and soften around the effort. Um, If she's choosing an epidural, then we're still doing position changes. I'm making sure that she can rest and that she's not um, bothered mm-hmm. um, by people constantly coming into the door and turning on lights and talking to her, or talking at her rather. Um, and then making it a human experience um, and both of those rights, whether they choose medicated, unmedicated, if they have a cesarean birth, I'm there to make the process human. Um, because oftentimes, especially in the hospital realm of things, 
Um, you have people doing their jobs. The nurses are the workhorses. The OBs are busy. And sometimes they come in and they don't look at the mom. And they don't look her in her eyes. Mm -hmm. And they just look at the screens. And so I'm there to look her in the eyes. And I'm there to be the person between the hospital staff or um, the birth center staff and just kind of be a resource. I never give medical advice, but I understand a lot of it just because of what I do. Um, and to be a medium between her and the medical staff. Um, and the dad too, because sometimes the dad is just completely pushed out of the way. They don't even acknowledge the dad. And I'm there to acknowledge them and see them in their experience and make it more human. Mm. Um, and the reason I wanted to get into it is, I mean, even before I had babies, I knew that I wanted to be a doula. For my personal story, um, I wanted to go through it first. And so I had my two babies with doulas, and I don't feel like I could have done it without them. Mm -hmm. I chose unmedicated, which is great for me, and it worked for me, um, and they helped me through that. And then after I had my babies, I was like, yep, this is what I want to do. I want to be in that space. I want to um, honor these families as they become parents for the first time, um, and it's just so special. I just love it so much. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. I had my first child, I had unmedicated, well, partially, I had Pitocin, but the yeah. rest was... Um, you know, Woo! natural. Yeah. And if you're, if you're ever considering that, come talk to me. Um, I've just, seen it happen. It, it happens. Ha Magnolia was born. Yeah. She's here. Yeah. And I would not have made it if I hadn't had a doula. I had Lisa Doherty and she oh, was awesome. instrumental in that process. So yeah, I can't, I'm a huge advocate for doulas and, and I love, I love language and I, I think it's really beautiful that y'all are looking at how to, you know, new age, modernize yeah. that word and, the uh, support, advocacy, I mean, yes. all that, you know, regardless of the term, I think you bringing the humanness to birth, which oddly enough, it really is stripped of its humanness. It really is. My, um, one of my miscarriages, I got a DNC mm. and I was shocked at how sterile and how, um, you know, like cold the experience was. And I know that that's not the hospital staff's choice. That's administration. And that's trying to keep things neat and tidy for insurance and for bureaucracy. And, and probably because everybody's emotions are so different. Um, so, you know, I remember cracking jokes with the nurse about the, uh, the pro procedure and she's like, you are entirely too cheery for this moment. I'm like, well, I need human Yeah. Like I need us to be human about this. Like this is a really yeah. difficult period and I don't want to act like it's not happening. Yeah. So she was really lovely and I was lucky enough to have amazing nurses. All my, my OB is amazing and the nurses that delivered my children are amazing. That's so great. But, you know, it is it is a sterile environment. And um, so I think the fact that you bring a humanness to something that is so fucking human yeah. to birth children. To, the most. I mean, that's the most human thing we can do. And, um, and to do it in a human way and have someone there as an advocate. And really, this is a, it's a new thing for us to birth babies by ourselves. Oh, my gosh. Or yeah. in such weird isolation or, you yeah. know, like it used to be much more of a communal. Yeah. Moms and sisters and aunts and yes. cousins would gather around and support this woman. 
I mean, men weren't involved, but, you know, now they are, which is great. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. But now men are involved. They can see it and, and have um, much better gratitude for what women go through. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it's to make it human. I mean, the nurses, just because of this is how our healthcare is, um, healthcare system is, the nurses and the OBs don't always have the time mm-hmm. to make it a human experience. Right. They're busy. Right. Um, they're there for you as best as they can be, but I don't, and I can't say this for sure, I'm not sure they're trained on how to just, like, touch somebody's arm and, like, look at them mm-hmm. on a human level and say, everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Or here are our options instead of just like talking at a mom Mm -hmm. or talking through her vagina, Mm -hmm. which happens all the time. They just like look at your vagina and they don't look at you. And so that's what I hope to bring into, I don't just like look at the mom's vagina. (laughs) Unless she asks me to. Unless she's like, like, girl, you're down there. (laughs) (laughs) No, Terry, you're good. You're good. No, that is so important and what you do is so important and I'm so grateful and I, I would love a, well, I would love to just touch on the experience of the after, I don't know what you call that, the after doula-ing because I think that, I mean, I had postpartum depression with both kids and, Ugh. you know, I think that's crazy common yes. and, um, you know, I didn't know, I didn't even know how to ask for help. Yeah. So I think just the fact that there's a role to say like, you may need help and here's how that can be supplied. Um, would you talk a little bit about that process? Yeah. So, um, me personally as a doula, once a client has their baby, I don't go away. Um, I have uh, a check-in within a week at their home just to make sure they're doing well to debrief after their labor, because sometimes you just gotta talk that shit out, mm-hmm. um, to make sure that if there are any issues around how they're feeding their baby, whether that's formula or breast, or they're using a pump, that I can be a resource or get them the right resource to figure out and kind of troubleshoot any problems they're having. And then I check in with the moms at month one, two, three, six, nine, and 12. Um, and a lot of the times women will reach out to me even after that, that year passes. But the important thing for me and my story as a birth worker is that I'm always there. Mm. Because OBs or midwives, um, we get one check. Mm-hmm. And that's starting to change, thankfully. We go in our six weeks and we're like, oh, you're good, you're fine, mm-hmm. stitches are healing up, fine, you're, you're going to be good. And you're like, but wait, I am like this, I am this like soupy mess. Mm-hmm. How can I be okay? <laughs> it's not, it's not okay. Right. And that needs to change. And I don't, I'm not sure if it can change in the healthcare system yet, but I think as birth workers, we can change the system a little bit and just to say, hey, I'm here as a resource. I'm here to... Um, you know what, at like month three, you don't really seem to be smiling or laughing much. Mm-hmm. And you just told me like, you're not even putting on makeup and doing your hair, which I know are very important to you as, mm. as a woman who loves your femininity. And so like, how can we address that? Or it's a person who is so scared to leave their house. They're mm-hmm. so anxious that they're going to hurt the baby in some way. 
that they're so riddled with anxiety that we try to work through that and say, hey, it's time to call your care provider or it's time to reach out to your midwife about natural things that you can do to feel better or pharmaceuticals Mm -hmm. because they're great. Mm -hmm. I had them for, I didn't know that it was a thing with my first baby. It for sure, my postpartum for sure manifested in a depressive way with, with Miles. Um, with Aram, it was so anxiety-induced. Mm-hmm. Like, I was OCD to the max. Everything had to be cleaned, and ev- it was just insane. Um, so I did pharmaceuticals for... Oh, wait, no, I did it for both. Yeah, I did pharmaceuticals for both. I heard pharmaceuticals. Yeah, I love them. Um, so... Shout out to Big Pharma. Um, <laughs> I'm a fan. But there are tons of other ways you can do it, like, naturally. But, so that's that's what I feel like my role is to do as well, is to, I mean, I'll happily come and hold your baby for a moment, but I want to see how the mom's doing, and I want to check in with her, again, on a human level, and just make sure that she's okay, and she's coping well with this new thing that is motherhood, that is not talked about in the way that I think needs to talk about. So important. And I think um, even when you have your dearest, closest friends, you go through, especially if it's your first child, you go through this major transition of self. You're in a, you are in a crisis of self because you are no longer the person you were. You're an, you're a plus to that. You know, it's, it's you plus. Yeah. And I think sometimes having someone who may not be as near to you to be really honest with. Objective. Yes, I, I think that's critical because no matter how much your family and your friends love you, if they knew you one way and then you're telling them like, well, I'm not that way and I feel these things. I, I found that and I'm a super fucking, you know, feely person who yeah. can share. I found that hard. Yeah, and I think friends are obviously great. You know, you, you have to have your people around you, but Friends are there oftentimes to say, everything's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. This is normal. You're going to be fine. It's great. I'm there to say, this isn't fine. Mm -hmm. And now you need to seek outside help. Or everything is fine, but in this moment, like maybe maybe go take a walk by yourself. Mm -hmm. Get some fresh air. I think friends... Uh, for better or for worse sugar coats and they want to make sure that like mom's okay and it's fine and like I know I experienced that too but I got through it but not everybody's going to get through whatever issues they're dealing with postpartum and so I hope to serve women in a way that is honest Mm. first and foremost um, and experiential like that's that's not right Mm -hmm. I'm gesturing yeah there's an arm gesture (laughs) There's there's a shaking of the hand yeah well, Tess, what you do is so important, and I, I am so grateful for your work, for who you are, for what you're doing for women and mothers, and thank you. Thank you. If you could share one tip or one, um, yeah, one like <clears throat> tip for mothers or pregnant women, what would that be? Just be sweet to yourself. That's my one tip. Just be sweet to yourself, and... and um, I'm not going to tell you to love your body because that's different for everybody, but honor your body and honor the changes that, that are taking place to grow this human um, who you the, will then have to parent. And if you can't be sweet to yourself and, and then love yourself, then it's really hard to do that for another little being. So 
That's my only tip. I love that. Please come practice with Tess. Our prenatal class is on Saturdays from 1230 to 2 p.m. We have raspberry leaf tea for our pregnant mamas. Yes. So come early, get in community, and um, we have plans to build the program. So show up so we can keep expanding it. Yeah. Thanks, Can't wait buddy. to meet you guys.